Hey, listen, today's Palm Sunday, and um, I'm just super excited. Before I begin my message, let's just pray. Let's take a couple minutes, and let's just pray. And let's just uh, pray to rebuke this COVID-19 virus. I believe that God has given us power and authority. And so let's just take a few minutes, and let's just pray. Father, husbands, uh, you know, fathers, take... take um, be the priest of your household right now. You know, gather the family together and let's just pray for a few minutes. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we pray that you would rebuke this COVID-19. God, uh, in the Bible, we see that you prayed and you rebuked fevers repeatedly. And so, God, this is no different than that. And God, we pray that you would rebuke this fever, that it would go back to the pit that it came from. God, that you would bring healing across America God, we pray that this, uh, this virus would just disappear. God, that those uh, curved lines would just drop off like a cliff. God, that uh, you would have your way and that your power would be seen through all of this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, it's Palm Sunday and I'm excited. Normally we talk about the story where Jesus comes into Jerusalem. And I'm going to mention that quickly because this is where we get the idea of palms, Palm Sunday. They lay the palms on the ground. So I'll read just quick two scriptures. Uh, They brought the donkey. See, uh, this is about a week before the cross. They brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and they set Jesus on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches of trees, palm branches, and spread them on the road. And so And then the multitude went before those who followed, crying out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Literally, they're saying, Savior, save us. And so they are understanding that Jesus is the Savior. They're laying the branches on the road as a sign that they're making him king. Right? Jesus, as we understand, is king over his kingdom. But as he told, would tell Pilate a week later, his kingdom is not of this world. This is the Palm Sunday message. We're not going there today. I know that's the, nor- the message that we would normally hear on Palm Sunday. I'm excited to bring that message. But today I want to bring something different because of the time and the season that we find ourselves in. Today's Palm Sunday. Today's that day where Jesus would have rode up into Jerusalem on the back of that little donkey. And they would have put the palm branches on the road. But what happens on Thursday night, Wednesday night, often gets overlooked, and that's Passover. See, next Sunday we'll be talking about the crucifixion. We'll be talking about the resurrection. Those two moments are the most extraordinary moments in the pinnacle of human history. But today I want to talk, about, talk to you about Passover, because Passover is during this time where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And so I want to talk about, and I want to read the story of Passover as it was given back in the book of Exodus. And so to just bring you up on speed as before I, I jump in on the, uh, the scripture here, you know, the Israelites had gone to, to Egypt. They had been there for 430 years and God inspires Moses. God speaks to Moses and he tells him, listen, you're going to lead my people out of Egypt Go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, that they could worship me on the mountain, uh, worship me on Mount Horeb, worship me on my mountain. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh refuses to let them go. God sends a plague. Pharaoh still refuses. God sends a second plague, third plague, fourth plague, fifth plague, all these plagues. Finally, God says, I'm going to send one last plague. And on this plague, I'm going to kill the firstborn of everything in Egypt. 
both human and animal. Even the firstborn animals are going to die. Everything firstborn is going to die. And so he gives instruction to the, to the Israelites on how they can not be affected by this plague that's about to come upon the earth. And so we're going to pick up here in Exodus 12, verse 5. You shall take a lamb, and your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheets or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And so just get a picture of this. They, they, kill, the, they kill the lamb and they take the blood and they hold it in a pitcher and then they take the blood and they put it on the doorpost, on the left and on the right and on the lintel that goes across the top of the door. And so they put this blood on the outside of the door. Then they shall eat the, the flesh of the lamb on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread, with bread that hasn't been ri risen, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Yet shall you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist and with your sandals on your feet and with your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And so here's what we need to understand. Why was he having them wear their belt and wear their sandals and, wear, and have their staff in their hand? Because they needed to be ready to go. They needed to be ready to go at a moment's notice. This was the plague that was eventually going to turn Pharaoh's heart, and he was going to tell them that it was time for them to go, and God wanted them to be ready. God wanted them to be ready. Are we ready for what's coming? Listen, we're all in quarantine. The quarantine's about to be lifted. Are we ready for what God is doing? Listen, let me encourage you. Put your belt upon your waist. Put your sandals upon your feet. Put the staff in your hand. And those are all symbolic, and we could spend uh, way too long figuring out what all of those things can mean or might mean or do mean. Listen, be ready. Be ready with the gospel. Be ready. Be, be sure in your faith, and be ready. Be ready with the authority of God, the authority that God has given you, because this, this quarantine, it's about to end. I don't know, week, two weeks, three weeks. It's about to end, and when it ends, we need to be ready, because we need to be ready at once to go up and to do all that God is calling us to. Amen? Amen? Keep reading in the story. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. Listen, we've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks, how all of the gods of this age, entertainment, sports, finance, all these gods, they're all crippled because of this, this virus that's been poured out upon the world. Against the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now blood shall be a sign for, for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. And so we're to remember what the Lord has done. We're to remember 
what the Lord has done, both in this Passover and what he's doing today with this virus. And I firmly believe that as Christians, we have the right, we have the authority to be protected from this coronavirus, from this COVID-19. And so this season, this Passover season, let's have a Passover and let's believe that the, this disease is going to pass over us as Christians. We've been on the phone. Uh, we talked to an awful lot of people from church this week uh, for different reasons. And uh, there's very few people that are sick at all. And I don't know of anybody that's actually contracted COVID-19 within the church. Let it continue to be that way. Amen. Let us continue to find ourselves healed and healthy and disease-free. It's about remembering what the Lord has done. You know, um, there's, there's some people that really, uh, and we've done it before, where you go and you do the, the Passover Seder meal and you understand all the intricacies of the meal and the three pieces of bread that are stacked up and the seven cups that are passed around the table on Passover. And there is this wonderful heritage that as Christians, we don't understand because we don't partake in that. And there's a, a lot of wonderful things to understand out of that. But what we're really to understand is that we're to remember what the Lord has done. We're to remember what the Lord has done. The Lord has protected his people, and the Lord will protect his people. Amen? Amen. Exodus 15, 26 says this. It says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and to keep all of his statues, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And so what we understand from reading this scripture is that in the Old Testament, our healing, the healing was contingent upon obeying God's commandments. And that was a very difficult thing to do. What we understand from the New Testament is that our healing is contingent upon our faith in Jesus Christ. And so let's look at that. 1 Peter 2.24 says this. It says, Jesus bore... Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, the cross. We'll be talking about that more next week. Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree that we, Christians, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Jesus took our sins in his body on the cross. He did it willingly. He did it because he loved us. We'll be talking about more of that next week because we'll be talking about the cross. We'll be talking about the resurrection. Part of having faith in Jesus is making a commitment to no longer sin, to, to no longer ha, uh, have a desire to sin, to no longer uh, like sin, to no longer live with sin, but to live in the righteousness of Christ. Now listen, we're not called to be perfect. None of us are perfect. And even those of us who are Christians, we've been Christians for 20 years, we slip up and we sin once in a while. But we do our best to avoid sin. We do our best to turn away from sin. And we live with the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. It's not our own righteousness. We don't have to make it up on our own. We get his strength. Acts 10.38 says this, it, said God, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Listen, I want to invite you today, if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, 
I want to invite you to take, an opportunity, take this opportunity to do so now. When we choose to follow Jesus, we believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We believe that Jesus Christ, when he died upon the cross, he took the penalty for our sins in his body. When we choose to follow Jesus, we commit our lives to following Jesus, to no longer sinning, to obeying his commands, and to, with everything that we have, avoiding sin. When we choose to follow Jesus, we have the right to live in his righteousness and to live in his strength. When we choose to follow Jesus, we can have fullness of joy. We can have peace that passes all understanding, peace in the midst of the storm, and we can have life all more abundantly because we've chosen to follow him. If you would choose to follow Jesus today, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Pray and ask Jesus, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would come and live inside my heart, and that you would help me to live for you in all that I do that you would give me righteousness, peace, and joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today for the first time, I want to invite you to just uh, send me an email, uh, send me a comment, send me a personal message on Facebook Messenger. Uh, just get in touch with me somehow. Let me know that you made that decision. The Bible tells us that when we decide to follow Christ, when we make a decision to follow Christ, that we should tell somebody. You send me that email. Let me know that you've made that decision. I'm just going to send you a quick little email back telling you the next uh, steps that you can take to better follow Christ. Amen? Hey, listen, let's take this time together and let's take communion. Amen? I want to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. Jesus. says this, Paul writes, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as, often as I, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats or drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or die prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Jesus took the bread that was on that Passover table that night as he sat there with his disciples. And he took the bread and he broke the bread. He said, eat, whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. And so as we take this bread today, let's remember Jesus. Let's remember the life that he lived, the perfect life that he lived. Let's remember the fact that he took our sins upon his body for us, that he died upon the cross for you and for me.
so that our sins can be forgiven. That Jesus Christ is now seated at the right hand of God. Let's do this and let's remember Jesus. Jesus, we remember you today. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so God is a God that moves through covenant. He makes promises with his people. And this is the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. We remember it's God's promise to us. It's God's promise to us that we will be with him where he is. He's in heaven and that we will be there with him as well. Amen. Let's, let's take this cup together and remember what Jesus did for us. Jesus, we thank you for your death upon the cross. We thank you for your blood that was shed, for the forgiveness of sins, for the forgiveness of my sins, God. You did it for me. You did it so that I could be with you where you are. You did it so that I could have fellowship with you right here, right now. And God, we thank you for what you've done and for what you're doing, God. God, we pray that you would continue to bring more into the fold, God. Father, that you would continue to have more people uh, come and just be part of what's going on here uh, in, in fellowshipping with you, in loving with you, God. Father, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Finally, I just want to uh, remind you once again, you guys have been uh, wonderful off the charts, uh, giving even during this time. Many of you give online, others uh, mail in your offering. And so, uh, Second, Second Corinthians chapter 7 says, verse 9 says, God loves a cheerful giver. You guys are beyond cheerful. We love what God is doing with our church. Uh, so many of you have volunteered to help. Uh, your giving at this time continues to help us to make uh, things available to those who are in need during this time. So thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I just want to remind you that you can give via our website, redeeminglovechurch.org. Go there. There's a give tab. If you're on Facebook, you can navigate to our website through a link that's on Facebook, or you can mail an offering to 42 Woodward Avenue, Troy, New York, 12180. Thank you for being here today. May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. I pray that everywhere you go, that you bring the love and the power of Jesus and the healing power of Jesus as a sign and a wonder to who God is in this day and in this age. Amen.